Welcome to episode 103 of the Actual Astronomy Podcast. This is the How to Buy Used Astronomy Equipment episode. I am Chris, and joining me is Shane. We are amateur astronomers who love looking up at the nighttime sky, and we also like buying stuff that has to do with astronomy uh, used. And this podcast is for anyone else who likes going out under the stars and maybe is also wondering how they can uh, get into astronomy, maybe for, for less money, or, uh, or how they can find things um, at a bit of a discount or maybe things that are rare. So Shane, um, let's see. I think, I think you also noticed a, something a little bit strange this past year. And I'm not talking about the pandemic. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, it's hard to find astro gear. Uh, lots of people are taking up the hobby. Um, I think it's because, you know, there's a lot of isolation. You can't leave your house. Um, and a lot of people, I think, have a general interest in astronomy. And uh, a lot of folks were just buying gear. And, you know, finding anything new is almost impossible. Um, yeah. Or if you've, you know, if you want something new, chances are you're probably on a wait list to get it. Yeah. Um, and it really just leaves us with the used market, which uh, I've dabbled in for many years. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, you and I first noticed this back in April when, uh, when we were buying. And, and so I think Takahashi had decided to do the sale before this was realized, because certainly um, no, nobody or hardly anybody is doing astronomy gear sales right now. Um, and so they come up with the sale and then we, we ordered our telescopes and then they were back ordered and difficult to get here. And then, you know, you have to buy a few things like some mounting rings and a few other things. And they were, it was super difficult to, to get the parts to actually mount up our scopes. eh? Yeah. Yeah. Really difficult. And, and just recently I looked into purchasing a beta, um, what is it? Uh, Max bright Two vinyl viewer. Okay. And and, and nobody knows when they'll be back in stock. They're hoping July. <laughs> yeah. And, and that, that doesn't surprise me. When we were, when we ordered our scopes last April, it was not until really like end of August that I got mine all settled and properly mounted on, on the mount that I had ordered and, you know, on a tripod and all, all that kind of good stuff. Like it took months. Typically that can take a month or two. And, and this time it was like four months, <laughs> maybe longer. Yeah. I just read on cloudy nights, uh, Marcus from, uh, APM, I think he owns it or, or runs yep. it. I'm, yeah. He's, uh, he's looking at making some binoculars. He does this occasionally. He makes gear yep. and, uh, he's making some six by thirties and I think another, another set, but, um, he shared an email on cloudy nights that he got from the vendor or the manufacturer of these binoculars. And they just said, we really don't know when we're going to be able to make these uh, because we can't get the goods. Like we can't get the glass, we can't get the metal. Um, and, you know, it's really all related to pandemic and demand. Yeah. And, and so there's, there's a couple things. So I became quite interested in this and, and have been in communication with, uh, with some of the actual uh, producers myself. And so one, they say that raw materials like aluminum, and these are called dye blocks. So I guess aluminum comes in in these blocks that you machine um, the materials out of. And those uh, have been used and apparently are, are in great demand for uh, many non-astronomical goods in, in order to fight the pandemic. So I don't know what they're making exactly, but I think like, if you think about it, they've had to make a lot of new equipment for fighting the pandemic. And as a result of that, um, you know, th those raw components are, are in great demand or in short supply. And then the other thing is the optical glass, like um, I'm a subscriber to, um, this is just sort of a, a long and drawn out thing, but just, just because of my own interest in modifying some of my own equipment, um, I'm on like the mailing list for, for like the raw optical supplier goods. And, and in all of the, they send me a publication every two months. And like on the front of that publication now for the past six months, uh, it says, um, you know, how optics are being used to fight the pandemic. And, and they're doing all, there's all kinds of amazing and uh, wonderful ways that optics are, are used to uh, look for and analyze samples and, uh, and for the research side of it, it's huge. Like anybody that's doing research, you're, you're gonna be using optics one way or another. And, and glass is glass and high quality glass is the glass that someone's gonna be using for these research purposes. 
is also going to be the same glass that, uh, that we're going to be looking for um, for our telescopes, binoculars, eyepieces, uh, what have you. Um, so so that's that's what it's boiling down to. Yeah, yeah. So that leaves us with the used market. Um, you know, there's always uh, gear available there. Um, you know, there's a lot of different markets that we'll talk about or different places you can go for this stuff. Um, and you kind of mentioned, you know, the, the cost savings, uh, that's usually associated with used gear. And, um, you know, I've spun through a lot of gear in my observing lifetime and, you know, what I love about used gear is the depreciation is gone. Typically, you know, you don't have to absorb, you know, the depreciation of an eyepiece or a telescope. It's, yep. uh, it's a great way to try gear. You, you buy an eyepiece for a hundred dollars and if you like it, you keep it. And if you don't like it, you probably sell it for a hundred dollars. And, um, you know, it's a, it's a neat way or a fun way anyway, for me to try different things and, and see what I like and what works well. Yeah. And, um, typically like I, I, I mean, most of my experiences have been good. I think I, I only ever had one, um, challenge and I, I did eventually end up getting it. And that, that was, uh, through book buying, uh, which is a little bit different. Now I'll talk, we'll talk about that towards the end. Um, but when I, when I first get into astronomy, I bought a telescope, a uh, couple plossels, and a Barlow. And then I wanted some better wide field eyepieces. So I was buying those Spears Waller uh, eyepieces used on, uh, online on Astromart. We'll talk about that more in a moment. Um, but sort of a cool thing was that, I'm not going to say their name, but um, one of the actors in uh, Little Mosque on the Prairie, apparently got, got into astronomy when they were, I think that was filmed in Manitoba or somewhere. Anyway, uh, they got into astronomy a bit when they, they, they were doing the filming in rural locations. And uh, anyway, that they were selling the stuff. So I kind of ended up buying a bunch of used, used gear that they were selling. Hmm. That's kind of a neat story. Yeah. Yeah. So you can kind of meet some, some other interesting amateurs. I know you've struck up a pretty good uh, sort of online uh, sort of, uh, pen pal observing kind of sharing, um, you know, relationship with, with the person you were buying, I think your TMB monocentrics from. Yeah. Yeah, I did. Um, gentleman from Eastern Canada, uh, sold me. So I had put out a want ad, which is another way to, uh, to leverage this used market. It's not always just seeing what's posted. Um, but I've, I've, you know, posted want ads multiple times looking for gear and, um, I was looking for TMB super monos and this gentleman replied, he had some and I, you know, I was able to purchase them obviously and, and, uh, maintained a kind of an interesting relationship, you know, where we share some observing reports and, uh, you know, the other thing too, with the used market is, um, you know, one sale may lead to other opportunities. Um, yeah. you know, often, uh, astronomers will cycle through gear at various phases in their, in their observing career. Um, so, you know, what may result in an IP sale today may, you know, give you an opportunity to buy something in the future from the same person, but yeah. maybe before it ever hits the market, you know, if you establish a relationship, they might just say, Hey, are you interested in, you know, whatever. And, you know, another example of that is I just sold some, uh, Takahashi orthoscopics on Astromart. And, uh, the person asked me, I think it, I can't even remember, it was a 12 and a half millimeter and a 18 millimeter. And the person asked me if I had the 40 millimeter, um, and a couple of others, cause, uh, uh, he was trying to complete the set. And I said, mm -hmm. well, actually I, I do have the 40 millimeter and I hadn't even thought of posting it. Yeah. Um, so anyway, uh, long story short is I ended up selling him the 40 millimeter <laughs> So it never even hit the market, right? And, yeah. and he got himself an eyepiece he was looking for. So that's also sort of the neat thing or, or potential opportunity that can come your way. Yeah, and I guess maybe I should say this. So when it comes to buying used astronomy gear, um, you kind of have to re recalibrate um, uh, yourself maybe a bit. Um, so typically, um, I'm not somebody that buys uh, too much used, although, you know, uh, my first couple of cars that I bought were used and, and that sort of thing. I, I am only on my third car. I'm not somebody that buys many cars. Um, but, but typically, I don't buy that much in the way of used anything. Um, and then when I get into astronomy and I was looking at new prices, um, and especially back then, now the prices have come up, especially during the pandemic of used gear, but, but it still is a better deal. Um, but back in those days, uh, pretty much used gear was about half the cost, sometimes less. 
And uh, holy cow, like that was a big difference for for somebody that was uh, that was just starting out uh, in the working world. And, uh, you know, so if I if I could save hundreds of dollars um, buying used and honestly, most of the used astronomy stuff that, that people sell is essentially in like new condition. Um, you know, that, that you, you wouldn't be able to, none of the stuff that I ever bought, I could ever differentiate it from new. Um, so it's, it's kind of recalibrating a bit. The odd time you'll get something that somebody ships and you're just like, oh, I really wish they hadn't shipped it like that. Um, however, for the most part, the stuff is, uh, is in, in very good to excellent condition. Um, and then usually you're going to save at least a bit. It depends though, th- there's a few different reasons to buy used gear. So one is maybe you want to save a few dollars right now. One of the driving forces is you just need something or want something and you can't buy it new anyway. And then the other is, and, and this is kind of where you and I are right now is, um, we're, we're into sort of, uh, some very particular or customized or, or, or oddball, um, items. And, uh, and as such, those, uh, those are often only available used. So we're, we're into, we have these, uh, uh, Borg telescopes and, you know, they, they come in and out of production, uh, like a flash in the pan sometimes. And, uh, because of that, you, you need to buy some customized parts and, and those parts are often best uh, and only available, uh, from the used market. So we get in, into, uh, buying stuff like that as well. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Sometimes, Sometimes you just miss the opportunity to buy something. And, um, you know, I keep, I'm, I'm sounding like a broken record here, always talking about these TMB super monos, but some, some things like that have small production runs because the demand, um, like there's a small amount of people that will actually buy something like that. So yeah. those were released in the early 2000s and there was a couple of runs, but then production stopped, um, you know, maybe mid 2000s. Yeah. And, uh, you know, then the market, you know, what, when the stock disappeared, that was it. There's no more. And they'll, some of those specialized eyepieces, they'll probably never make again because the cost to make them now is so substantial that very few people, like even less people would buy them because it's just out of range of most people. So if you want any of these eyepieces, um, again, like, you know, the rarity of them means that you have to go to the used market and, and chances are in those cases, you're actually paying a lot more than what the original price tag said, which, uh, you know, that has happened to uh, a few different, uh, you know, pieces of gear, um, that just isn't available or, or that's not made any longer. Yeah. Well, well, even like talking about uh, in the past at last episode, I talked about, um, that I just bought a pair of uh, used seven by 35 ultra wide angle binoculars. And um, now I got a pretty good deal. I paid about $82 American and a hundred and something dollars Canadian uh, and quite a bit more in the shipping. Um, but I don't know what those went for originally. And, and you can find them in, in near like new condition. If you can, if they're in, in, in like new condition, these are 40 year old, 50 year old binoculars. I should say they were made in the, in the late sixties or very early seventies. So, uh, so I've seen them go for $300 before shipping. And I wonder, I don't think they were selling seven by 35, uh, Sears branded binoculars at Sears for $300, uh, and up, uh, back in, uh, in 1970. I'm, I'm guessing those are probably more like, a like maybe a $50, uh, binocular in, in adjusted dollars, uh, today, maybe. <laughs> so, mm-hmm. you, you know, yeah, those, exactly. those have only gone yeah, those have only gone up in price, but it's the only way to get them. If you want ultra wide field, uh, seven by 35 binoculars, that that's really it. Yep. Yep. hundred percent. And, uh, you know, and to me, that's part of the fun. You know, I, I probably spend way too much time just browsing the ads on some of these websites, looking at the used gear, because you just never know when something unique or something interesting will pop up. And, uh, you know, if you're not checking you, you'll miss those obviously. So I don't know, to me, it's, uh, it's part of the fun. It's part of how I enjoy the hobby is, is, uh, you know, finding some stuff that I may want and then hoping it shows up one day. Yeah. And, uh, I think you're much like, although I enjoy doing that, I'm like, especially these days, um, I'm far too, I, I think less committed to it than, uh, than I need to be. I got lucky with those binoculars. I happen to have a, have a day off work and, uh, that's when the binoculars were, were coming uh, do. And then I was able to sit there kind of for, for the, uh, for the period of time before those, those binoculars, 
uh, auction was going to end and, and kind of keep, uh, keep bidding. It was a real bidding war. And sometimes you, you can get into that um, quite a bit, especially if you're using uh, eBay. But, uh, but Shane, uh, maybe we should start by talking about some of the uh, reputable sites to use. And I don't know that we should talk too much about any of the, uh, the uh, sites outside of North America, because when, when you are buying from those sites, uh, like I'm a little bit concerned about, about making that recommendation because um, people might go there thinking, you know, we're making the recommendation. So it's going to be really easy to go there and, and, and use those sites. And, and it's not, you have to set up like a proxy and, and there's some other difficulties and you could pay a lot. Like I know you've uh, talked in the past about paying a lot in, in the shipping um, and that sort well, of thing. So I'm not sure if we want to dive too far into those. Yeah, no, I'll, I'll get into that a little bit. I think okay, it's important. Sure. Um, where do you want to start? Do you want to start with that? Or do you want to start? Yeah, with... you go. Yep. Okay. Where, where do we go to buy stuff? So let's start with maybe the more common ones and, you know, apologies to, I guess, listeners all over the place. Um, you know, this will probably have a stronger North American focus because that's what we know. Yeah. <laughs> um, that's where we live. And uh, so anyway, to kick it off in Canada, which is where Chris and I are, um, there's a, a website, it's astrobicell.com. Um, now there's a UK version of it. I don't know. I think it might be astrobicell.uk.com or so I don't know. I think something like that. I should check that as we're, uh, as we're speaking I can, here. I can check it. You keep talking. Okay. I'll check keep that one. blabbering. All right. So this is a, this is a very basic website. Um, you can post, uh, things that you want to sell. Uh, you can post want ads. Um, you know, it's, it's divided up by obvious astronomical categories. Um, you do need, uh, you do need an account on there, but you know, it's free registration. There's no issues with that. And, um, you're able to message sellers back and forth. Uh, so it's again, very basic. You go there. If you see something you like, you, you message the seller and see if you can work out a deal. Um, now something that applies to pretty much all of these is, um, you, you want to get a, an understanding of the condition that it's in. So you're obviously looking for photographs and descriptions. And I like to message the seller to ask them, you know, about the, um, the condition of the glass or the mirror or the mechanical aspects of the telescope. And mm -hmm. then the, the other component is, is the aesthetics. You know, are there any mm -hmm. scratches in the tube paint or, or dents or anything like that? Um, now we all have different tolerances, uh, for the condition of our gear. Um, but I am always looking for something that is as close to mint or as close to new as possible. Yeah. Um, some things that, you know, some indicators for me that, that let me know that it's either a being looked after, um, or B and, or B, uh, is in real good shape is you look for like original things, you know, like if uh, you're buying an eyepiece and they have the original box and they have the original caps that came with the eyepiece. Um, and maybe like, you know, Teleview eyepieces come with a little sticker that I think says powered by Teleview or something like that. If yeah. they have all of these original, um, you know, documents or pieces of paper or whatever, that's probably a good sign that the user or the, the owner of it um, took good care of it. They cared about yeah. it. Um, so, you know, those are good things to look for. Um, I'm not the, one of those people. <laughs> you don't care for your stuff? <laughs> well, you know, I do in general, but um, for, for me anyway, um, except for stuff that maybe is rare. So I have some rare stuff that I tend to take a little bit better care of just because. Um, but for the most part, I just use my stuff so much that it is, mm. it is used. Like I don't, I don't typically sell stuff. I'm more of a buyer of gear than a seller of gear. And it, mm -hmm. like I said, except for maybe the two or three, three, I have three rare eyepieces that they are like kept in plastic and blah, blah, blah. And then I, I have a, one pair of binoculars, two pairs of binoculars that are super rare. So I keep those, uh, those, those sort of in mint condition. Um, but yeah, other than those, the stuff just gets so used, right? Like my five inch Parker mat has a, has a split in the tube. Kind of thing, right? mm -hmm. I used it so much. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, something you can do too, like a lot of sellers are open to like even a phone conversation. So, um, I usually won't have a phone conversation with somebody if I'm buying a hundred dollar eyepiece, but if I'm considering buying a thousand dollar telescope from somebody, yeah. I like to have a conversation with them, you know, for larger purchases, 
uh, just to get a better feel again of the condition of it. And if there's anything they can tell me that I need to be aware of so that if I buy it, I don't want any surprises when it arrives. So, you know, don't be afraid to ask for that, um, you know, to give yourself some level of comfort. Um, you know, and maybe one other thing here I'll say is let's the first few things or the first few sources to buy used gear, I'm going to call them unmoderated, meaning, you know, if you agree to buy something from these people, um, what happens, this is the flow of it. So you, you contact the seller, you, you know, you reach an agreement for the price and whether or not shipping is included and whether or not you have to pay for the PayPal fees. There's, there's always a few conditions that need to be negotiated, but once you agree on a price, the next step is you send the money. Uh, and then once they receive the money, they'll send you the gear. So I say this is unmoderated because it really is a bit of an honor system. Yeah. However, I've, I've, you know, I've made hundreds of transactions. Um, I don't know if I'm in the thousands yet, but for sure, hundreds of buying and selling. Never have I had an issue where I didn't receive the gear. Yeah. Um, and I've only had two transactions where I received something that, uh, in my opinion, was a, a blatant misrepresentation of the condition. Yeah. Um, but both times it was like, you know, once was a $65 eyepiece. Um, and then once was a, a Maxudov telescope that I got, it, the price was decent. And like, there was kind of a, like a film on the mirror or, or on oh. a portion of the mirror that you would only catch under certain light. So I, I, you know, it's possible this person just never noticed it, you know? So I, I guess I shouldn't say that in that case, it was a misrepresentation, but anyway, the point of that is you can trust the owner system. Um, yeah. A lot of these people selling gear, uh, are concerned about their reputation because if you yeah. get labeled as a, as a person who maybe doesn't describe their gear properly, you're going to have a hard time selling it. Um, yeah. so I'm going to hop in real quick. So, yep. uh, I have the, the website here now for, so in Astro Buy Sell here in Canada, just astrobuysell.com. And then the U- UK side is astrobuysell.com slash UK. Yeah. Easy. <laughs> so, yeah. So it's that simple. And from, from the buyer perspective, although you, you buy and sell a lot, I, I tend to be more of a buyer. And so, um, you know, unless you're buying from a friend, then you can kind of string them along. I'm just kidding. I'm buying some stuff from Shane where we're going to have something. <laughs> but, uh, but like, for example, when I, uh, some, uh, most of the time they'll say you have 24 hours or 72 hours to make payment or whatever. Don't, don't mess around with the payment. I've had people kind of do that to me a bit in the past. The odd time I've, I sold something once and then the person was like, oh, well, can you not like charge me for, a, and it's like, oh, just you know, if you didn't want to buy it, then don't buy it right now. Right. Um, you know, and I can understand that. Um, but anyway, um, so, so what I do is when I buy, I I pay just, just like I'm buying anything else. So when I bought these binoculars, um, Friday, I was the highest bidder. I get an email saying you can pay within the next 20. No, I pay it like, boom, I'm paying like right then, right there. I'm, I'm buying it. I'm not going to sit around and, and decide not to buy it. Right. I kind of feel like that's, that's not good. So, you know, and, and just, you know, watch the um, uh, organizations or individuals you're buying from. So in this case, I was buying it from like a good charity. Um, I sort of kind of checked them out. It's like a reputable um, entity. Um, I think it's like a, like part of the money goes towards like nature conservation somewhere in the States. Like, I, I don't really know much about them, but uh, a quick look and seemed, seemed like a good organization, hundred percent, um, positive reviews and, uh, all the good stuff with that in mind, like, like, uh, you know, I, I don't know if I told you this, Shane, I was looking at another pair of binoculars that was being sold for what I consider to be too much money. And, uh, but I kind of had checked them out and had them on my watch list. And I was like, well, you know, maybe I'll bite the bullet if these ones don't come through. And then I started reading through and, uh, let's just say that seller did not believe in a full and inclusive society. <laughs> And like some of the things that they were saying in the, in the detailed description, which was way down the page, you kind of just scroll down to, uh, to see what they were saying, um, was, uh, was unpleasant. I immediately removed that item from my watch list. I'm, I'm, you know, uh, you yeah. kind of have to uh, be aware that, that you, um, you could inadvertently be supporting, um, an organization, which maybe doesn't meet with your own personal, um, ethics or values. Um, you could inadvertently also be uh, I suppose, supporting uh, illegal activity. Um, so, you know, Uh-oh. you do kind of have at to... You. What's that? <laughs> no, just, just uh, that's an interesting story. I, yeah, I guess I've never considered that. 
Yeah. And I mean, usually it's pretty obvious, like, like this one said, oh, the, the money is going to go towards this legal thing. And I was like, that, that rings a bell because that was in the news recently. And I looked it up and sure enough, and it was like, this is not a legal battle that I'm looking to help support, right? Like, you know, in any way whatsoever does not reflect um, my beliefs in a, in a equitable and uh, an inclusive uh, society um, anywhere. So I think that, uh, that we should live in an equitable and, and inclusive society uh, for the record. And this, this individual did not. <laughs> to say the least. I won't get into Weird. all the ins and outs yep. of it, um, but I'm sure if you read through ads enough, you will see uh, different forms of, uh, of that. Uh, so be aware, be aware that, uh, that you don't want to necessarily be supporting uh, things that, uh, that could be, uh, yeah, uh, not, not inclusive or, or perhaps, you know, even, even uh, yeah, bad stuff, <laughs> basically. Okie dokie. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. So what other sites? Um, so cloudy nights, you and I have talked a lot about in the past. Um, it's a great forum. You know, there's lots of reviews. There's lots of interesting discussion. Uh, but cloudy also has a classified section. Uh, again, this is free. You, you don't need to pay anything to sign up or, or buy, but you, you do need an account. So you'll, you'll have to register, but similar to Astro by Cell, um, you know, you, you enter your email address and um, it actually, having a Cloudy Nights account is really nice because yeah. it's, it's the best form I've ever been on because it remembers the last article you've read. So when there's new articles posted, you just click the forum title. And as long as you've been logged in, uh, it'll just take you to the next article that was posted. So that's kind of yeah. handy. Yep. But um, with Cloudy Nights, everything that I said about Astro by Cell um, applies to Cloudy Nights. Um, what you'll find with this one, though, is it's more U.S.-based. You know, there's a lot of U.S. sellers, um, but there are international sellers as well. Um, so, you know, I've listed stuff there. I've sold stuff to people um, located in the United States, but also um, uh, stuff to the United Kingdom. I'm trying to think where else. Anyway, that doesn't really matter. Mm -hmm. um, lots of gear there. Um, so go ahead and check that one out. Um, a lot of, uh, a lot of gear that's posted there because it is American based, uh, we'll say, you know, free shipping to the 48 continental States. Conus. Um, Conus. Yeah. I didn't they, know what Conus meant when I got into astronomy, <laughs> continental United States. Yep. Yep. And, um, you know, I'll, I'll ask them if they're willing to ship internationally. Not everybody does because uh, it is a little bit more of a pain, but some do. And, and, you know, if you're not in the United States, don't let that be a barrier, you know, still contact the seller if you're interested and, and some may ship to you. Yeah. I'm not sure why that is. Like I've watched some of those um, American picker shows, I think they're called. And yeah. uh, where, where people go around to places and events and they, they buy stuff and then they sell it online and, and they've often talked about, it's no more difficult to send it outside of, outside of the States. So I'm not sure if I quite understand. So I've, I've had to send stuff um, back and forth to Japan before, because um, I, you know, I had some challenges with, with one of the uh, telescopes that I purchased and uh, it was no problem, like no problem at all. Um, I buy stuff from uh, Germany, uh, buy stuff from the UK um, you know, I've had to, you know, send stuff back or whatever the odd time, very rarely, um, never been very difficult. And honestly, um, you know, I, I found, uh, buying from, from Europe, things tend to arrive, um, just as quick as, as buying from the U S these days anyway. So. Yeah. Yeah. Agreed. I've, I've sent stuff all over. I think sometimes what it is, is, is a seller maybe had a bad experience or heard of a bad experience about, you know, the, uh, uh, the item crossing the border and maybe getting held up in customs. And then yeah. people are wondering when it's going to arrive, what's happening. And it, it just becomes yeah. a little more kind of maintenance or management than just, you know, shipping it a few States over. So I kind of get it, but um, you know, at the same time, I don't think it's a, a huge challenge to cross a border with a shipment, but uh, each to their own, you know, some yeah. sellers just don't want to do it. Yeah. I'll, I'll say this. Like I, I recently bought a book and uh I, I feel like I should say the company name. I, I just can't remember what it is, but they were awesome. Like great company. And I think I paid like, so it was 12 pounds sterling, whatever that is in Canadian. It's not much um, for basically a brand. New, it said it was in 
a very good condition or excellent condition, but it was actually a brand new book. It was still in like plastic wrap. And um, so I was really happy with that. I thought the price was excellent, like really great deal. And so I paid like an extra six pounds or something for expedited shipping. Um, it was supposed to get here within 10 to 12 days. And I kind of thought, ah, that seems unlikely because our, our postal system can be, can be slow at times, like to be frank. So mm -hmm. it may have arrived here in Canada um, within that set period of time, but then, then it was another 10 or 12 days getting to me, I think, or, or something to that effect. Right. And yeah, I think, especially if you haven't been um, buying stuff uh, online used or, or even new as much, um, somebody might become overly concerned, you know, Hey, that was supposed to be here on the, I think that book was supposed to be here on like the 27th of uh, February. And I think it arrived uh, in my mailbox on about the 10th of March. Um, you know, so that's like another couple of weeks, basically. Yeah. yeah. So there's that. sure. Yeah. Um, another one with an astro focus, another website is astromart.com. Uh, yep. Again, another US based site, but this one has a little bit more, uh, I think, a better representation of international sellers um, and buyers uh, there. Yeah. Um, you know, there's people from all over the place that, excuse me, uh, that list uh, various gear. Um, it's a really good website, uh, you know, for buying and selling. Now, I, I, don't know you you have to have a membership like you have to buy a membership which i think yeah. is the there's various 15, levels 15 yeah, a year 15 15 american a year um and and like you said i think you can make some donations and stuff like that as well to 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 support it um so astromart used to be free and and it's uh it's it's run out of i think uh washington state but anyway, um, like you said, it has buyers and sellers from all over. It used to be like the place, like if you were buying and selling yeah. astronomy gear, like whether it was in Canada or anywhere in the world, basically you would use uh, Astromart. But then um, they went to this pay for model. And so it still is that, but um, probably it's only doing about maybe a third or, or a fifth of the traffic. It dropped way off. And that's when like Astro Buy Sell here in Canada and the UK sites, that's when they really took off because they, uh, um, you know, they kind of stepped in because people didn't want to pay um, the fee. And I, I can understand that. And then uh, as well, like Cloudy Nights really didn't have too much of an active um, classified section. And it, it also skyrocketed after uh, Astromart uh, introduced fees. Now, on, on the flip side, um, you know, sort of in Astromart's defense, you're, 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 what you're paying for there is a more stable platform. And as well, um, people that are, that are paying 15 bucks a year, um, you, you might feel a little bit more confident in, in transacting with other people who, who are already forking over some money um, before you've even made the transaction. Um, so, so that comes into play as well. And then additionally, I do see this um, on the Astromart site, and I don't see it on the other sites nearly as much, um, is buying from international vendors who might get one-offs or, or something. And, uh, and so you're able to, to maybe bid on an item or buy an item from them that is at a great discount um, that, that otherwise is, is unavailable. Yeah. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. yeah um, I, I think Astromart is the best one for features, um, like their searching ability, all of that is the best. Yeah. Um, the other thing I really like about it is there's a rating system. So there's more accountability on right. the sellers because they all want to have a five-star rating. Um, so they're very, they're very good at describing what they're selling and, and ensuring that it's a good transaction for the buyer. Um, so it's, it's a really good website. And I think in my opinion, they probably have um, the most gear going through it. Like I, I think they're busier than any of the others. Although oftentimes people will list on cloudy nights as well as Astromart, yeah. not yeah. in every case, but oftentimes. So, you know, whatever is on Astromart, you can probably find on another location as well. Yeah. Um, so, so anyway, those are kind of the three big astronomy focused places, but there's some generalized places that you can go to as well. Um, you know, everybody knows eBay. Uh, I don't think we need to spend much time on that. You can find all sorts of uh, on eBay. Um, so whatever you're looking for, check that, I guess. Um, but then there's like a lot of localized things. Like uh, here in North America, we have Kijiji. 
Um, you know, I've, I've bought and sold a, a number of things off of Kijiji. Uh, you know, sometimes too, it'll be listed in, you know, three provinces away from us. <laughs> and I'll, I'll ask the individual if they're willing to ship, if I'm, you know, send the funds in advance and all of this kind of stuff. And um, again, some people aren't willing to ship because it is a pain for them to package. Um, but some people are willing to ship and, um, you know, that can sometimes be another source. But what I will say about using like eBay's and, and these non-astronomy focused places is you're, you're adding a little bit of risk um, because the risk is sometimes you're buying from somebody who's not an astronomer. Somebody yeah. may have inherited the telescope or came across it through whatever means and they're just selling it because they want it gone. So Stolen. they may not, well, <laughs> that's a possibility, true. Um, but yeah. they may not be able to tell you um, you know, about the condition uh, of the gear. Like, for example, I saw some binoculars on Kijiji a while ago, like older binoculars that I was interested in. And I asked if they were collimated and the person had no idea what I was talking about. Um, so I said, you know, when you look through your binoculars, do you see two of each object or one? And they couldn't even answer me that. So, you know, I obviously didn't buy the gear, yeah. but you, you may run into that. And then the second aspect is astronomers know how to safely ship optics. Like they'll package it very well for you, typically. Yeah. Um, sometimes when you buy from Kijiji or, or, or somebody who's just not an astronomer, they may not understand the care that's required to package it for shipping and, you know, survive all the bumps and knocks uh, as it, you know, bounces down highways or airplanes or boats to get to your house. Yeah. And once I bought an eyepiece and, and it's, it's still in good shape, I'm going to, I'm going to, when I get your care package together, I got to finish my course this week. And when I get it, get it done, I'm going to make you up a care package when, when we do our transaction and uh, let, let you borrow this, but it's uh, it's an 80 degree, 12 millimeter. And when the person shipped it to me, you know, like, like just the regular black eyepiece boxes, they just, they just put a stamp on it <laughs> and send it through the mail. Um, oh, wow. and, and it arrived all right, but I was kind of like, oh, gee, really, guy? You know, like, why didn't you just put it, put that box in a box? That's not a shipping box, right? Mm-hmm, so I was mm-hmm. kind of sent them. So in full disclosure, that that was an eyepiece that originally cost, I think, $150 or $200, and they sold it for like $80 bucks, um, Canadian. So it was super, super cheap. But I, I would have paid the extra $20 to just have them stick it in a proper box with some packing material. Oh yeah. Yeah. hundred percent, hundred percent. So there's, there's Craigslist is a big thing, I think in the United States, if I'm not mistaken, um, I've never used it, but it's, you know, it's similar to Kijiji, I think where it's like more localized markets. Um, there's a, there's Facebook marketplace, which seems to be a big place or a big, uh, a big area for people to sell things and buy things. Um, in the United States, there's goodwill, um, that occasionally will have, you know, astronomical gear, usually older astronomical gear. Um, so there's, there's a whole bunch of different sources out there. Again, I, I can't speak for like what would be popular in the UK or Europe or, or other areas of the world, but um, that gives you a bit of a, you know, a, a smattering or understanding of what's out there. Um, now, the other one that we've referenced, but we haven't shared a lot of details on, is a, a, a website in Japan. So it's basically like a, a version of eBay. It's, it's Yahoo Auctions in Japan. Mm. And um, there's, there's, a, there's a couple of different uh, sort of, I don't know what I call them, uh, procurers or, or, or brokers that will help you make sales or, or purchases, I should say, off of this Yahoo auction site in Japan. Um, so one of them is Zen Market. I think it's zenmarket.com. And then the other one is buye.com and that's buyeee.com. Now, um, as Chris mentioned, there's like, there's definitely a language barrier there. If you're an English speaking person and if you only speak English, um, these, these auctions are not listed in English, but what, what these like the Zen market and what buye do for you is they provide translation services. So the auction itself will be mostly translated to English. Um, now it's sometimes still hard to understand like what is the real condition because whenever you translate a language, you, you lose something usually. Yeah. Um, so there's a little bit of that. Um, but what is nice about these brokers is they take care of the shipping for you. So, you know, the seller in Japan 
ships it to buy E who has a warehouse and then they will sometimes repackage it for you or you have different options there. And then they send it to you, um, which is, which is nice because um, you know, a lot of the buyers in Japan may not have a desire to ship it to you. So, you know, that overcomes a hurdle right there for you. Um, and then the other thing is that they, they have like live representatives. So if you're looking at an auction and you're unsure about an aspect of it, like maybe the condition or, um, uh, you know, the, the mechanical operation of it, you can ask the buy E representative, um, you know, could I have more pictures or, you know, does the focuser work? They will then translate your question to the seller and provide an answer or get you more photographs. Um, and I've used that multiple times to help me understand, you know, whether or not I want to make, uh, you know, a bid. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I've bought again, lots and lots of things off of this site. Now, the draw for me is when you go to international markets, um, you know, what's popular there may not be popular here. So for yeah. example, on buy E, you're going to see a lot of Vixen stuff, a lot of Takahashi stuff. Um, and some of it is older or rarer, and we just don't see it a lot in North America. So it's, it's an intriguing market. Um, now with that being said, I did have one really bad experience where I bought an old Takahashi telescope and it wasn't packaged appropriately. And then yeah. I received it and it was damaged. Now, I remember some of that. It looked like someone just emptied their trash can for packing. <laughs> yeah, it was awful. <laughs> like it banana really peel. Awful. Yeah. That's not good packing material, is it? No. The, the, the good part though, for me was that like none of the optics were damaged. It was yeah. just aesthetic damage to the OTA, but, um, and some of that falls on me. Uh, that was also a learning experience that I should have, uh, asked for like a better packaging option. I would have had to pay for it. Um, and that's, uh, maybe that's kind of a segue into, you know, if you're doing the buy E experience, the shipping is quite you know, expensive, uh, to get it out of there. So you really have to want something or get it at a good price. Um, and you have to, you know, factor in the shipping. Um, but like I say, for the most part, it's, it's been a really positive experience for me. You know, that's how I've acquired a lot of my rare stuff. You know, my Takahashi orthos, uh, the older ones, my Nikon yep. orthos, some of my Pentex orthos, uh, you can get some really cool things there, but, um, again, you're, you know, you're, you're probably going to uh, pay a, a premium for it. I, I really yeah. can't say I've had too many deals out of there. No, it, um, it's but not. It's, it, it's, it's similar a, to eBay, right? It's an auction site, yeah. so you can place your auction and or your bid, and then you know either you you win it or you don't. Yeah, it's. I think it's a little bit more advanced. Like really, um, yeah, for sure. Like I would not be buying on there if it wasn't for you. Um, yeah, because yeah, you've, you've well kind of already already uh, gone to the school of hard knocks there a little bit, so I, mm-hmm. I think that's fairly fairly advanced. I think like you know something like Astro Buy Sell and Astromart and Cloudy Nights and and even even eBay to a certain extent, as long as people are careful. Like I said, um, yeah, but I I think when you get into these um, other other uh, uh, country uh, places of origin. Um, yeah, I mean, boy, you're into a whole different different level of stuff. Like, if you did have a problem, you know, you're you're not a speaker of the language, uh, likely. Um, you know, you're you're not even on the ground there at all. Um, you know, in the odd times that I did have, the only time I ever did have any kind of real problem, um, I was buying some books here in Canada through um, through uh, w- one of the sites that we mentioned, and the person just wouldn't wouldn't send them. They just wouldn't send them. And uh, I'm like, oh, this is just a pain. So I actually wrote um, the, the site that I bought through and I don't know what they did, but they, they got it worked out for me. It was, it was great. Yeah, they got it all worked out. And, uh, but I, I don't know that that would happen if, if it wasn't uh, here in, uh, in, in Canada. I don't, I don't know how that would have gone down because um, mm. it was sort of a difficult thing to describe anyway, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so anyway, I just want to mention books really quick. Can I just talk about books for a second? Yeah, yeah, go for it. So, um, I forgot what it's called, but I'm a bit of a book collector. Um, I buy lots of used books, don't sell many books, but I buy a lot of them and, uh, probably the best place for buying used books is to use Abe books and it's A-B-E. Um, yeah, that's a great site. And I buy, um, you know, probably once every couple months I'm, I'm buying a book from there or so. And, uh, and it is just an awesome, awesome place to buy books. 
Um, and a lot of the books you're buying there are, are used and you're buying from uh, typically rare book uh, stores. And, uh, you know, uh, yeah, I've had all kinds of great, great experiences on there. Time, like you were saying, can take a while to, to get things. Um, but for sure, that is, that's a great spot to buy books. Um, I've had, like I said, I, I had less success on the, on the uh, astronomy websites. And I also find that the books on the astronomy websites, unless you're looking for something extremely rare or extremely particular, um, sometimes one or the other can be more expensive. Sometimes on the regular astronomy um, websites, um, that book, which might be, it could be a rare book in astronomy circles, like this one I bought on TW Web recently. I don't, I think I've only ever seen it once or twice on the astronomy websites. And as such, it was very expensive. However, um, it went, uh, it, it went for a really a good price, you know, when I was able to find it on, uh, on a book. So, you know, so there's that. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I just sent you a cool telescope link you should buy. <laughs> I, I saw that. I saw that hundred mil. Yeah. F4. Yeah. There you go. Didn't you, I thought you were buying that at one point in time. Well, this was, uh, if it's the same telescope, yeah, it's one that I found. Oh, that looks a little rough, actually. I don't think this is the same one. Yeah, it's it's a Pentex 100 millimeter. I I found one on Kijiji in uh, British Columbia. And the price was really, really good, actually. But I think he sold it to somebody local. And um, anyway, even at this price, if it was in good condition, it's that's a great price, but maybe uh, it does. The OTA looks a little rough, a little scuffed up, so. Yeah, that, well, that's always cause for concern. Yeah, and I mean that, that's a neat telescope, uh, that hundred millimeter f four. So, yeah, I have I have my hundred millimeter though, and uh, yeah. I couldn't I couldn't imagine having having a different one. It's sort of like the telescope I never thought I'd own and be so happy with, but uh, typically I want the widest field I can get, which something like that would provide, or like your your uh, your Teleview one hundred and one, but. Uh, uh, but anyway, just uh, just that this Takahashi really, I think it really sings. So I just mm. need to get the wide field finder on it. I'm buying I'm buying a uh, a small telescope from Shane. So this maybe is the other way to buy used gear is to buy from your friends. <laughs> yeah, well, and and you know maybe maybe that's a great ending point. Is um, sometimes you just don't need to wait for something to be posted. It doesn't hurt to reach out and ask people you know or acquaintances. Um, in fact, one of our listeners, uh, this was last year sometime, uh, emailed us and I'm not, I don't even think I shared it with you, Chris, but, um, he asked if I had any, uh, TMB orthos or, uh, super monos for sale, or if I knew of any available and, uh, you know, no was the answer to both of those questions, but it just, you know, sometimes it doesn't hurt to reach out and ask, yeah. uh, you know, sometimes you'll find, uh, what you're looking for, or maybe even more than what you're looking for. Yeah. Yeah, no, and uh, and certainly like sometimes uh, as as you're buying gear, like uh, friends will get stuff, and it's something you were always interested in, or maybe they they bought something because I think in this case I was talking about something quite a bit, and you went out and bought uh, more than one um, for a variety of reasons, and I'm going to buy the spare off you. Um, so uh, so anyway, it it, it can kind of kind of work out. Uh, it can kind of work out that way. So. Um, so yeah, in fact, that's how I got my, uh, one of my favorite eyepieces, which is an eyepiece not as many people like, but I like the old Koenig, uh, wide scan threes. And, uh, I bought one of those off of uh, a friend of mine in the first club that I, that I went to, they, they did, didn't like it. They didn't like the eyepiece. Um, and I'd always wanted it. And, uh, and so I bought it from them and I thought the, the price was good and it was really great. And, um, so I, I thought that was a, that was a great experience. Uh, yeah. So you can, you, you know, you can, you can always go that way too. And, and typically, you know, kind of like with what you're, you're doing with some of this stuff is you're looking to, uh, do a bit of a cost recovery. Um, and then sometimes I've had some interesting experiences. So one time I have a pair of the, uh, Nikon 10 by 70 Astrolux binoculars and the individual had put up, um, a bit of a feeler uh, ad saying that they had these. I'm not even sure there was photos of them. Maybe there was, they were kind of on the fence, whether they wanted to sell them or not. And really what they wanted is they weren't using them as much as they, they thought that they should be using them or, or maybe they weren't as, as into astronomy as they had been. 
but they kind of wanted them to go to somebody who was going to use them, not just turn around and sell them or, or, or let them sit on a shelf. Um, unfortunately, they've been sitting on a shelf here for about a year or so now, but I did use them a ton when I first got them. And, uh, and so they, they actually gave me a, a better deal than what they had advertised for. It's kind of funny. They put me like through a bit of an interview and I said, oh yeah, no, I'm interested in using them and I'm you know, doing these projects. And yeah, so I bought them and I, I used them tons um, during that time. Now I think, gee, I should really sell them for a good deal for somebody because I'm not using them as much. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Sometimes I've done that too. You know, you get a good deal and, and then you pass it on when you just no longer need it. Yeah. And then sometimes you can have some interesting experiences. So I was buying a, a, a six inch Rumac uh, Maxutov, which is um, a type of uh, Maxutov telescope that, uh, that, that uh, they used to make over in Russia uh, through a company called Intez. And there was, at the time, um, the importer was in Florida. And so I forget where the person was, but I don't think they were too, too far from Florida. They might've even been in Florida or, or they were going near the shop. And I said, well, gee, you know, um, I wouldn't mind getting it serviced. This was like a, a 10 or 15 year old instrument at the time. And they said, oh, well, I can just ship it to uh, the, the, the person who imports them and he can service it for you. And then he can ship it to you. And so I, I kind of went through some back and forth with the two of them. And we, whatever we did, we worked it out so that they, they got it to, to the distributor and uh, the importer. And, uh, and he did the service on it. And then he sent it to me. And so I was able to buy a used telescope that I was able to get cleaned and serviced to make it like a new telescope um, without paying for a new telescope. Um, so that was a really good deal. I think end up paying like $600 Canadian. These were going uh, new at the time when you could get them um, for maybe twice that Canadian. And then, uh, you know, I even got a bit of a deal on the shipping and, and the import duties, of course, none of that is as expensive because you're not paying um, full price for it. You know, you're, you're buying a used item, so uh, less tax. And, you know, there, there's different uh, uh, NAFTA agreements with telescope gear. And I think this fell into that somehow. So, um, Anyway, um, you know, it worked out, it worked out really good. I think, I think I paid like the duty on the telescope, but not the service, right? Cause it was serviced in, in America by, by a technician in Florida. Right. So anyway, it's really cool. Yeah. Right on. All right. Anything else to add, Shane? That is all Chris. Yeah. Well, uh, good luck in your transactions and, uh, yeah, I look forward to dealing with you in the future. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds good. All right. Bye-bye. See ya. Thank you everyone for listening and we hope you enjoyed the show. If you are interested in more information, would like to contact us, or if you would like to support the podcast, check out our website, actualastronomy.com. <laughs>